The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. And today we're going to talk about gold as a reserve currency. We're going to talk about some people, um, billionaires and some incredibly smart people in the market talking about gold and why you should be having it. We'll also revisit some ideas about central bank digital currencies. We continue to maintain on this show that that is not going to happen. And we'll, tell, we'll give you more fuel for that fire on that side of the debate. And uh, there was something else we were going to talk about, Jerry, um, speculate about why India might be buying uh, lots of planes, hmm. um, potentially. So, and then, but first... Let's talk about some of the data that's come out recently. Um, you know, we'll file it under BS, but we still want to talk about it and report about it a little bit as a jump off point to understand all of the world's distortions economically. And again, why gold and silver would be a way to move away from all of these distortions and protect yourself in such uncertain times. Mm -hmm. Now, we could definitely speculate here at Guildhall and try to break down the figures that came out recently being jobs data out of the U.S., inflationary data further, and retail sales data that came out. But I want to actually take the literature, take the data from Phoenix Capital Research and their research that came off the desk there this morning. Um, he goes, in the last few days, they're addressing two major piles of economic BS, the jobs data from January and the inflationary data. First... The reason the U.S. economy supposedly added 500,000 jobs in January was due to an accounting gimmick, not because those jobs were actually created. Remember, a lot of people were back to work, right? So they're off of unemployment. The Bureau of Labor Statistics openly admits this, citing that without this population control effect, the economy, the economy only added 84,000 jobs. The only part of the inflationary data that has dropped has been energy prices. And the reason energy prices dropped was because the Biden administration dumped over 250 million barrels of oil in the last two years. And he slated at doing it again. Yeah, they're going back to the well. They're going back to the well. Exactly. And another pile is the January retail sales. In case you missed it, January retail sales were fantastic, up 3% month over month. Now there's a bunch of categories that you can you can you can um, dissect, uh, but the retail sales were not adjusted for inflation. Inflation is somewhere between six and a half to sixteen percent, depending on the data you track. So the retail sales were actually negative when you account for inflation. Or put simply, this supposed retail growth was all due to the prices of things rising. Think of it this way, he says. Let's say your boss gives you ten percent raise. And let's say the inflation is also 10%. Did you really get a raise? No. Your, your income is precisely where it was before relative to your cost of living. That is what's going on in retail. Everything costs more. So the sales look stronger. Oh, okay. So, so take the price of eggs. Yeah. Your grocery bill is higher. So it looks, like, um, it looks like grocery sales are higher. Right? They, yeah. could, they could report and say... Oh yeah, grocery sales are are up twenty percent this month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, no, people are buying the same amount of things, 
It's just the cost of everything has gone up 20%. And so you haven't really, on a volume basis, increased sales. No. You've just increased the price of things because prices are rising. And you could also track that on with Amazon sales. Amazon sales are down. Uh, consumer debt hits record $16.9 trillion as delinquencies rise as well. So well, it's it's not the everyday retail sales. It's not the everyday mom and pop going to the store and buying things, is it, Jeremy? No, and I think as well, um, pure editorial on my part, I don't think people want to be buying things from Amazon, frankly. I think that they're, they've had enough of all that. They want to go out and actually find a place to, to buy their goods and um, and support local economies as well. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so that's all BS. The the numbers are becoming worse and worse from a BS perspective. <laughs> um, and you know what? We've tracked that for years on this show, talking about uh, shadow stats and John Williams and understanding that these are all just distortions. And it's gotten pretty bad at this point with, with distortions of everything. And even, you know, even looking at interest rates, interest rates whether they're trying to control them to the upside, to the downside. It, it's, it's just trying to control a problem that you created in the first place by a lack of discipline of, of not printing the money. All you ever had to do was not print a lot of money, and then you mm-hmm. wouldn't have to worry about where the interest rates are because you'd be controlling that side. But they don't have the discipline to not print all the money, mm-hmm. whether it's deficit spending, monetary policy, or, or just actually you know, flipping the switch on the printing press. So, you know, you, you've got, uh, you've got an economy that's become obese to debt from, from all of this debt and printing of money. And then you, and then they go, well, we're going to fiddle with the interest rates a little bit. You know, we're going to cut down a little bit on the pop intake (laughs) and raise that debt ceiling a little bit. And at the end of the day, interest rates are just an indication that there's an, that there's an inflation issue, but it's been distorted. Typically, if there was inflation, you'd raise interest rates. But when interest rates were at zero, was there not inflation? Were they not printing the money? Was it not in the was it not in the mail? Was it not coming our way? So here we are. Now it's here. It's no surprise where it came from. But they still want to fiddle. They still want to think they're in control. And when you see BS numbers, you say, "Well, how in control are you of, of all of these things?" And I would say they're not. No. You've got central banks all around the world. We're going to give you some numbers on on that. Of um, Central banks are buying gold left, right, and center. Um, before we jump into that, let's talk about billionaire John Paulson. He had an interview with Elaine Elkin, and this was reported from uh, Shift Gold, just talking about the the concept of de-dollarization, and you know we've we've talked a little bit about this before. The idea that if you put sanctions on a country like Russia, other countries are going to say, "Well, how, what's to say we're not next?" And so they want to minimize their use of the U.S. dollar in their as part of their trades, and they're going to want to try to get out of the U.S. dollar and into something that they can store the the wealth of that country in, and so. To that end, with this backdrop, Paulson says, gold is rising again. He says, he says, I say again because it's been the reserve currency of the world for thousands of years, a legitimate alternative to holding the dollar and other paper currencies. There has been a significant increase in demand from central banks to replace dollars with gold, and we're just, and we're just at the beginning of that trend. Gold will go up, and the dollar will go down. 
you'd be better off keeping your investment reserves in gold at this point. So the takeaway is the trend is your friend. De-dollarization is happening. Let's get into some numbers of the central bankers. But for you, the listener, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com if you want to add some physical gold and silver to your portfolio. It's very easy with Guildhall. It's, it's always physical. You have complete ownership of it. We have a motto. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. That means purchasing your product direct, whether it's over the phone, in person, um, or through our website, you're taking that physical product home. If it's storing it in a vault for ease of liquidity, for security, maybe you're saying, hey, I'm going to be out of the country for a year or two, and you want to make sure that you're going to have access to that liquidity, it's going to be physical. You can set up a photo audit, set up a per in-person audit, and go hold that product in your hand. Or maybe even for your registered account, maybe you've decided, hey, I am fed up with the type of returns I've been seeing over the last several years, and why should you be seeing great returns? The market's not doing that great. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's always winners, don't get me wrong. You can watch CNBC, and on the worst day, they'll find a winner. Um, but it's been, it's been over a decade since we saw some sort of crash in the market, since 2008. And the market's just been being pushed up since there by free money and low interest rates. And it just keeps going up, or and yet people aren't seeing those returns. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's time to diversify to a physical asset the way central banks are trying to de-dollarize. Mm -hmm. It's There's something to be said for that. And in our registered accounts, fully allocated, fully segregated, clients get the actual physical products stored outside the banking system. We store with Brinks, but it's being held in their registered accounts. So you get the tax benefits. It is tax time. You're going to get the tax benefits by contributing to an RSP, but you're, you're unsubscribing from the financial system in that respect in, by holding physical gold. And one of the things, Jerry, I would like to discuss before we go on to the central banks is this idea of fiat currency versus gold as money. Can I go to the grocery store and buy my groceries with gold? Am I going to be doing that? With gold, maybe not. More silver, in my opinion. Uh, this is something that we have seen in the past, that humans just had an innate um, understanding of what money is. There, um, Cliff High wrote about it a few times, about how civilization has reverted back to silver as money. And this is the reason why, you know, Catherine Austin Fitz through Solari, you can go onto her website and see uh, goldandsilverarmoney.com, where you can plug in um, you know, dollars for amount of coins that you may potentially need for a transaction. Look, people are preparing for any type of scenario, including a Mad Max scenario like that. And there is an understanding of what money is when the fiat currency fails. Look at, look at what happened in Venezuela. The currency failed there. Money dies, literally, in, 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 throughout civilization. They tried to roll out a central bank digital currency. That failed. No one's adopting it. What did the people do? They went back to gold. Yeah, gold is money, but it can be a currency. Whereas current fiat currencies cannot necessarily be money. One of the tenets of money is that it be a store of value. And if your fiat currency is not storing value, you need to be going back to old money, 
which is physical gold and silver, which are a store of value. So it, after the break, we can show you examples of how it may be becoming currency again, but for now, it, we're using it as money, as a means of storing value. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's the Real Money Show on AM640. Much more. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Just before the break, we were discussing the concept of money versus currency. Gold has been a currency. Silver has been a currency. But they are also money. Fiat currencies are not necessarily money. If you consider that the one of the major tenets of money is that it be a store of value. Well, if you've got inflation raging at over 15% and even up to that averaging 6% a year, even though the government would say 2 then your currency is not a store of value. If it was backed by physical gold or real money, then perhaps it could be a store of value. But then again, you're talking about having a currency be backed by a commodity that is real money, and therefore you're adding the validity of it. So the idea of owning physical gold and silver is the idea of having real money that is a store of value while the currencies continue to devalue. So on that point, Jerry, last week you talked about the Missouri Senate vote. Yeah, that was exciting. Can, yeah, can you remind our, our audience about what that was we were talking about there? So they're they're escalating the move as Utah has done to see gold and silver as money to remove taxes, capital gains taxes. You cannot tax money. This is the argument. It's being passed. So this is great news, and you have something to share uh, a little bit further on that. Yeah, so um, the Missouri Senate did vote to end income taxes on gold and silver and hold monetary metals as part of the state's reserves. Reserves, keyword. That's going to be huge. I'm not sure why more pension plans aren't doing that. Insurance companies aren't doing that. If you just, guys, you guys are smart. Your pension planners, your advisors, just look at the return of gold, the performance of gold against a devaluing currency. You've had gold up 370 plus percent over the last 20 years. Why have you not had some physical gold in your pension plans? 100%. You know, you're, you're, you're completely burdened by interest rates in order to make payouts as an insurance company. Why wouldn't you hold a physical asset? It just goes to show the, the programming, Jerry. Mm -hmm the fiat currency programming that we're just supposed to chase yield. Buy a house, go into massive amounts of debt to pay the bank, and chase yield in a market that you're the last to know. <laughs> so we're talking about de-dollarization, and we're seeing banks, central banks around the world who know better, who are part of the de-dollarization, who are part of the BRICS, and there's more nations joining the BRICS. For example, the Croatian National Bank purchased two tons of gold back in December. So we know Saudi Arabia is joining the BRICS, um, and they're also expanding to Indonesia. So there's a there's a lot going on in the world. You've got some um, some stats, recent stats on gold buying as well, Jerry. Mm -hmm. China has imported 64% more gold year over year, bringing its total to 2022 gold imports to 13,343 tons. That's 13,000 tons being imported in one year. Record-breaking. 
And uh, mind you, silver as well as being imported at a massive scale for another BRIC nation, India, importing over 5,000 tons last year, record-breaking as well. Wonder why they're doing this. With the BRIC nations move towards creating a financial restructuring, any type of financial restructuring globally always has to do with gold and silver. These are the, these are, have been the monetary assets for thousands of years, and whenever you break something, you go back to the foundation, build that build that pyramid again, but put the foundation of extras upside down pyramid, inverted pyramid. Gold and silver is your power money, and it only means one thing. Demand for these assets are going to continue and leading into skyrocketing prices. Well, you know, last year in 2022, gold demand rose 18% and central banks purchased a total 1,136 tons. Now there's 30, what is it? 31,100 ounces in a ton, I believe, right? It's about 31,000 ounces in a ton. Um, and so that was about seventy billion worth uh, for the year. You know, Jerry, we've talked. Uh, I got to tell you this, this. I didn't grab the article, but I got to tell you about this. You know, we've been talking about, especially last it's week, here somewhere. Nah, maybe <laughs> about um, you know central banks revaluing gold. A rising tide lifts all ships. It would be very easy to do something like that, and you know, pay off debts, kind of restart to your point about going back to the beginning. And since they're all accumulating the gold, it's certainly they're getting ready for the music to stop and everyone to grab a seat. You have your gold, you have your gold, you have your gold. Great. Let's revalue. And, and we can get, we can get going on this. So we talked about that a little bit, even the Dutch central banker saying, Hey, we've got a ledger here, a column for the concept of revaluing gold. Well, I read something on zero hedge this past week. Maybe I'll try to find it, put it in a newsletter. And uh, the, the person writing the article was, was saying, you know, for the debt ceiling in the U.S., all they would have to do is adjust some of the language in, um, uh, I guess, in a law that they have that the gold not be valued at $41, mm -hmm. but be valued at market price. And if they were to do that, a simple little line change, Accounting. Yep. then they would find over $850 billion and they wouldn't have to raise the debt ceiling at least for, for a while. Um, I thought that was very interesting. I, what I most thought interesting about that was the idea that these thoughts are going through people's heads now, that this trend of thinking of gold as a way of revaluing gold to pay things is happening because all you have to do is recognize that gold is undervalued. To that end, <laughs> where can gold go to? This is an interesting conversation with, with clients and people looking to get into the market these days because it was easier several years ago, you know, 2016, 17, you could say, hey, look, gold could go to $10,000 an ounce. Here's the math, you know, um, here's how it could work. Here's Jim Rickard's math on it. But how do you... How do you look at where silver could go or gold could go after all of the money that was created during the pandemic, the, the mass quantities of printing? You know, you had the Fed go from pre-2008, they were under, under a trillion, up to four trillion, up to what, 11 or, or they doubled it. They went mm -hmm. up to like eight or nine trillion. I think it was like 10, 
I, I can't even Crazy. remember. It was like 10, 10, 11 trillion. And they're never going to matter. They're never going to pay it off, guys. So um, Charles Nenner was on Greg Hunter's USA Watchdog. And this guy is, you know, check him out. He, he was so successful on Wall Street. He, I think he retired at 45 for 20 years, something, something like along those lines. And he's very casual. He's like, look, I do everything by cycles. It's yes. all cycles. And yes. here's where the cycles are. So if you want to look at the peak in 1980 when gold hit 850 and, you know, everything was happening, it was the end of a cycle. It was the peak of a cycle. And, and he, all of his math comes down to these things. And I don't necessarily agree with him on politics and, and kind of some of the things that are going on. Um, you know, because I'm a conspiracy theorist and I look deeper. Oh. Um, and I look for, for other types of trends. But... Um, but he says gold's going to, are you ready? Is everyone ready? I'm ready. $30,000. Sounds just about right, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the Dow is trading at 36,000 points exactly. and came off 6,000 points and gold goes to 30,000, that's a one-to-one -one ratio, ratio, which we hit in 1980 at the peak of a cycle. Cyclical, ratio-based, makes Wh sense. What do you think, Jerry? $30,000, is, is that going to get you off the couch and make you want to buy gold? Or is that just too crazy a number it starts to sound like bitcoin numbers it, is it too crazy a number should we be should we be looking at charles nenner who is otherwise a very smart person and say buddy you don't know what you're talking about well it's history when you follow cycles you're following historic patterns and trends and i think that's a very wise thing a very smart way of looking at the market and then you're factoring in, you know, the 1980 peak that was of coming off the inflationary, stagflationary period of the 1970s, peaking in 1980. And we are on the cusp of seeing that again. We are on the verge of going through a, a massive stagflationary cycle. When we have reached an unprecedented level of debt, debt in the world, as of last June, last June, total debt amounted for $300 trillion which is 349% of world GDP. We've got supply, uh, negative supply shocks persisting. World's major central banks are scrabbling to rein in on inflation. And these debt risks are becoming increasingly alarming, especially when we have the, 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 uh, the. You'll find it. Yes, You'll find it. Shall. It is right here. The CBO in the United States. The CEO, who is the Congressional Budget Office, estimates the U.S. Treasury default for this debt ceiling debacle as early as July. So you have all of these things happening, culminating all at once with geopolitical risks mounting. 30,000, doable, probable. Can it go higher? I just said the U.S., the global debt is 300 trillion, three times the world's GDP. That's going to explode. And when things happen, markets in precious metals move rapidly, especially silver. In, in that respect, you want to just insulate yourself just to make sure you've got some, some physical metals as a means to insulate yourself from th this sort of geopolitical unrest and financial upheaval that could happen with with everything that's been set in place from a fundamental standpoint um nenner says that the bull market in gold he sees in his cycles has not started quite yet but is only weeks away and he said he sees an enormous upside for gold quote 
I see enor I say enormous because I have inside information from the big economic summit in Davos. I heard things that can make your stomach turn. They are really concerned with taking out cash. They will have digital currency or the will have digital currency. Gold could hit $2,500 per ounce. And we said that years ago, if it goes to that, gold can go to 30000 That could be because maybe things get so bad, they have to go back to a gold standard. I, I like that kind of concept, which is, hey, it could go somewhere. Let's not talk too far into la-la land. Let's stay with, let's get over $2,000 an ounce. And more and more analysts are saying, hey, $2,000 an ounce this year in gold it's it's almost uh, inevitable. Your you th your thoughts on on getting over the hump before we look at thirty thousand. Yeah. Um. And I want to get into this. Uh, um. Maybe we'll go into the next segment with this, but um, yeah, this hump into the digital currency because there's some yes. other information about that there's, too. So there's an overlap to that. Yeah. Absolutely. And talking about cycles, how he we're weeks away as as he mentioned. Yeah, we're very close to every rate hike in the U.S. And a lot of the hawkishness that has come, a lot of hawk talk this week. So many central bank uh, head, head, headed to the podiums to talk up the U.S. dollar, want to fight this inflation. Inflation's uh, broke expectations um, by 0.2%. As soon as this interest rate hike cycle ends, every time they raise rates, we're one step closer to that day where they can't go anymore one step closer to them breaking something for a debt debt to explode or a default on the debt or you know the US credit ratings uh, get downgraded once more you name it but we're very close to that end of that cycle and I believe that's what he's talking about is waiting for the interest rate hike cycle to end because once they do that's a central bank failure they're going to let inflation go the dollar will drop and precious metals will pop so Interest rates, there's a, almost a 12-month lag on seeing the results of that. You're sticking with the Fed pivot, a Fed pause perhaps, and then a pivot. And I think you and Nenner agree that something is going to break here, that there's going to be some sort of financial upheaval that's going to push people to say, I don't want this, I do want this. The, the second option being physical gold as backing the currency to get back to a semblance of normalcy. The number, 18778-SILVER, the website, guildhallwealth.com. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. Remember, the debts don't look like they matter until they actually matter, and it's feeling like we're closer every day. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. More to come right after the break. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You know, a lot of the times on the show, we are kind of discussing the concept of the Great Awakening versus the Great Reset and a lot of people who are waking up and seeing what's going on economically. Because, Jerry, every day there's more people who start to understand what money is and what the disastrous effects of toying with fiat currencies are and how irresponsible it is, and they, they're waking up to that. And then there's this leap towards central bank digital currencies as if it's, as if it's faded. It's, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Um, 
And uh, they're very, oftentimes there's like a fatalistic view on that, which we completely uh, don't agree with. Um, we're, and we're, we're gonna bring the information and talk about why we don't um, agree on that. But first, for those that are enjoying the show, that wanna have something to signify their enjoyment of the show and uh, having their popcorn handy, we have this popcorn coin uh, that we're offering from, from Guildhall. It's a silver coin made by Pamp Swiss. Um, it's done by um, a great contemporary pop artist. Uh, really cool looking coin with the striped box and the popcorn on the, on the coin. They are serialized. It comes in a great package. I think they're going for about like a hundred dollars. Uh, if you want to know more, just give us a call one eight seven seven eight silver and um, get in touch with us, and, and we'll we'll let you know. There is a very limited supply, by the way, mm -hmm. a very limited printing of these coins, and uh, we got we have one box. We like, yep. we definitely need it because we know people are wanting. Uh, you know, I got they mine. know they. I I got mine. Okay. Central bank digital currencies. In the last segment, we were just talking about um, uh, this interview with Charles Nenner. He's saying gold could go to thirty thousand. He, I think, we agree with him. Let's get to two thousand twenty five hundred dollars, and then see where gold goes from there. But he just sees that the turmoil is just going to kick into higher gear. Wars are going to kick into higher gear. I'm not sure if that means kinetic or more on the psyop side, but it's definitely kicking into high gear. And then you have this idea of central bank digital currencies, but not everyone is, is buying into that, are they, Jerry? Not at all. Most of our clients who are coming on board who are awake and are looking for awake consultants to help them navigate away from uh, central bank digital anything or threats to their wealth within financial systems. They're looking to Guildhall for, for trusted service and precious metals, more or less, in their RSPs. So people are doing this. People are resisting by not participating in anything digital. It's a removing away your wealth away from anything digital, anything that is on that SWIFT system, anything that could be hacked or cybered, anything. You're moving away from that system, number one. You're now creating a reserve that is away from digitals and SWIFT systems. Then you have a resistance on a bigger scale. I don't know if you noticed this article that came out of uh, Wall Street on Parade, Parade by Pam Mertens. Great article, a huge wake-up call, another huge resistant front against the central bank digital push. So um, Wall Street on Parade is a great site if you want to know all of the dirty deeds that Wall Street is up to. Federal Reserve. Um, this uh, hu husband and wife team, I believe they're husband and wife, um, put out article after article about all these things. So it's a great website, Wall Street on Parade. But yeah. what were they talking about for? for they're really this? highlighting the resistance against the Great Reset. It's the Great Awakening. So we have people already waking up en masse, and now we have credit unions and banks partnering together to push against the Federal Reserve's move ag against local banking, moving towards uh, a, a greater central bank digitization and centralization. So what, the, what has happened, the credit unions and banking trade groups in the U.S. have released a joint letter to the chair and ranking member of the House Financial Services Committee warning of devastating consequences if the Federal Reserve moves, to, moves forward with central bank digital currencies. You can read the letter on this website, but it's amazing. The credit unions and bank, banking institutions 
are ganging up. They've joined forces against central banks and their push for a central bank digital currency because as you go into as you read further in the article, central banks today tout central bank digital currencies to help free up the the flow of money, create more security and safety. With digital money, we can do that. It's convenient. And what it's convenient for you and me. It's better for the world. Yeah. No, it's not. And all they're doing is reminding people in this in this article, in their letter that they penned to the House Financial Services Committee, that the dollar is already digital. You don't have paper sitting on the floor in the bank for you, on, on the vault floors. No. Your money in the bank is just digital ones and zeros, binary code already. We're already digital. We're already there. And on time, after this was released, um, Bloomberg just the, today uh, had an opinion piece, The Creeping Menace of Central Bank's Crypto Dreams. So this has gone mainstream. Let's, let's push back against this great reset idea. Because he mentions in his opinion piece here on Bloomberg that CBDCs are more akin to st stable coins rather than currencies. Unfortunately, their potential to erode free enterprise is all too real. Controlling how, what, and when money is transferred is not a place government bodies should be competing with a, with a massive advantage against the rest of the monetary system. And he reminds, reminds us this is a way for them to go to interest negative interest rates and that digital currencies put central banks on a slippery slope towards unjustifiable infringement of civil liberties and encroachment into the marketplace places. Central bank digital experiences so far around the world have foundered. So they're just falling. They're failing right. around the world from Nigeria to Venezuela. He's just pointing out if people don't adopt them or resist, it's not going to fly. Did, did we get a result yet? Or maybe it hasn't happened yet. Switzerland was voting whether or not to go fully cashless, right, in their society. I read that. I, know, I don't know the results on that. Okay. Stay tuned on the results <laughs> for that. So we believe that ultimately we have to fix the issues of the fiat currencies, but moving towards a digital currency is not going to fix it. It's going to create more problems. People are, know that that's happening. You're already seeing these examples of pushback on that. And interestingly enough, as you just mentioned, Jerry, now you have mainstream talking about it, mainstream pushing back on that. Also, mainstream starting to talk about reasons to own physical gold and silver. We've seen some reports out on mainstream talking about that. CNBC talking about maybe you should have some physical silver. I saw an article on NPR saying, you know, now's the time to own some physical gold and physical silver. So what is going on with the mainstream? But there is definitely a move to have physical metal and a pushback on, on central bank digital currencies. So this is all dovetailing nicely. Maybe we will see $30,000 gold after all. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. The Popcorn Coin. Give us a call. Uh, it's a great coin made by Pamp Swiss, contemporary pop artist. It's a really cool coin with the striped uh, red and white striped box. Um, so you can sit back and say, I've got my popcorn. So uh, definitely call us for that. I think it's about $100 um, a coin, which is a fantastic deal. Um, something to have. 
hold physical gold and silver. You can think about that for your registered accounts. We often see people using sometimes an orphaned account like, oh, I, I retire or I left this company. I have this Lira over here or this locked in RSP over there. Let's start small. And we always encourage people to start small. Get your feet wet. See how this works. We understand that you're taking control of your finances for the first time, that this is an actual physical asset that you're acquiring, but you can get the tax benefits within your registered account and then hold that physical gold and silver in a vault held outside the banking system. So you're getting the absolute best of both worlds. The number again, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Another asset so important to consider in a way of protecting your wealth in these times of inflation, in these times of uncertainty, and also just over a long time horizon where you want something that's going to consistently rise in value. And maybe it's even something that, that starts to form sentimental value and you want to keep inside the family. And that's natural fancy colored diamonds. Because of course, once you sell a diamond, you can't get it back. That's it. You cannot get it back. There's, there's been one story of that, Jerry, which was um, Lawrence Graff. Yes. For those who don't know, know, Graff is sort of on par with the Harry Winstons of the world. He deals in the absolute highest end luxury pieces, and he's global. And he sold a diamond at auction. And it was a beautiful yellow diamond, huge. I think it sold for like $25 million plus. And he bought it back. And when he bought it back, it was like three times the price or two times the price. And I think the only reason he was able to do that, Jerry, is because his company went public. And he was able to say, yes, I know that that diamond is worth it, and we're going to buy it back. And it just goes to show how much a large diamond or a very valuable diamond can increase in value. When you're investing in a colored natural fancy color diamond you're investing in rarity especially a guildhall natural fancy color diamond which attributes similar to gold and silver which are negatively correlated to the market to the stock markets to the u.s dollar and when you have inflation you need a hard asset that will insulate your portfolio and wealth uh, with a very rare natural fancy color diamond you're doing just that and we have there has been published an article about 10 reasons why natural fancy color diamonds make a very strong and a wise investment. I just chose two of those headlines because our listeners need to know how to do this the right way. Number one reason why you should be looking at a natural fancy color diamond is that they're well established. This has been an asset class for the wealthy for thousands of years, just like gold and silver. This has been the money that wealthy have been using, the royalty the royalty have been using because they're beautiful and because they are rare. The number two reason why a color diamond should be in your portfolio is long-term growth. Research proves that over the past 30 years, ever since uh, the auction houses and record-keeping have been established, price appreciation in natural fancy color diamonds are unprecedented, specifically in the natural pink category. The last 15 to 20 years, color diamonds have appreciated over 300%, and especially with the Argonne mine being closed, this is just going to continue to go up with demand and looking for a hard asset to park your wealth in. This is the way to go. Jerry, and speaking of uh, rarity and thinking long term, listen to this diamond that we've got available. It is a 1.43 carat emerald cut intense yellow diamond. Now, 
just to understand exactly how rare this is, according to the Fancy Color Research Foundation, three to six similar diamonds a year come on the market. So over a course of a decade, you're looking at 30 to mm -hmm. 60. Now, out of that 30 to 60, they don't all have the same characteristics that this one has, which means it's not shallow, it's not too deep, it's not a rectangle, it's a perfect square emerald diamond. So when you start to handicap those numbers and you mm -hmm. realize you're probably looking at maybe 30 in, a, in an entire decade that could come to market that would have these type of qualities, but not just that quality, Jerry, also having the impression when you see it, the color and the scintillation when you actually see it. There are diamonds out there that are great on paper, but not in real life, right? You have to see the diamonds to be able to appreciate them. So we have this, and you wouldn't believe the value that you can get this for. $45,000 taxes in. It's absolutely incredible. Now it's 1.43, so you're above that 1.25 carat. Prices are always going to rise over the quarter carat mark. So this is something to very much consider. Because of its size as well, it would make an amazing ring. You know, imagine having, um, you know, a halo around it of diamonds even, right? Or you could just set it on its own in a, a solitaire. solitaire. It's going to be beautiful. So th something to think about, 45,000 tax in is incredible. So Give sorry. us a call. That is a long-term hold, right? You're never going to want to let it go. I wouldn't, no. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Hold assets that perform, that stand the test of time. That's what we're all about here at Guildhall, helping educate our audience on understanding what real money is, what real assets are, to undigitize the wealth, to unsubscribe from the financial system and these, and these uh, fiat currencies. Protect yourself and thrive going forward. Jerry, I want to thank you for joining us today and bringing all that great information. I want to thank our audience for joining us today. and We can't wait to speak to you next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.